0: It's showtime. I'm American made. <laughs> This is a LibertyBombs.com production. The In Defense of Liberty podcast. So grab your battle
1: rattle and let's head into the breach. Liberty lives here. Welcome to the In Defense of Liberty podcast. I'm your host, Nick James, and you are at the right place to get a little knowledge dropped on you. And today, I have a very special guest for this podcast. His name is Mr. Randy Evans. And he is the Legislative Liaison for Louisiana, and he's here to talk to you about the Convention of States um, that is trying to be put together with a whole bunch of other states so we can actually make some amendments to the Constitution. And I want to welcome you to the show, Randy. Thank you for coming in, man.
0: Thank you, man. Uh, always happy to get a chance to spread the word,
1: yeah? Yeah, man, I tell you what, uh, this is a, a hot topic, and it's, it's gaining a lot of traction but the biggest thing right now is a lot of people don't really understand what a Convention of States is. A lot of people think a constitutional convention. And when you start talking about that, it makes a lot of people nervous because they're like, well, what about all these amendments that are in the Constitution? You mean people can change that? And so it kind of makes people a little nervous when we start talking Convention of States. Um, but can you tell us a little background on what you do for the Convention of States?
0: Well, I'm a, I'm a grassroots volunteer, you know, for starters. You know, I think, uh, it, I think it's always important to yes, you know, get to state that right out front. You know, I mean, I'm just I'm just a regular, regular citizen. Uh, I I got involved with this by hearing about it through word of mouth. I read a couple of books a while back by um, Andrew Napolitano. I don't know if anybody if you know who I'm talking about. He wrote a couple of books. One called "Constitutional Chaos" and "Constitution and Exile." And it talked about the original framework of the uh, Constitution and how it was designed to give this new federal government that we were creating, you know, specified enumerated powers, and then also put limitations on it so that it would stay within those specified and enumerated powers. And, you know, those two books kind of go at length talking about how through the courts, through administrative bureaucracies, the you know the federal government has abused the commerce clause. Uh, it has abused the general welfare clause to you break free of those uh, limitations, you know, and pretty much regulate and control uh, so many aspects of our lives, you know, in, in ways in which the the states were supposed to retain the, those plenary powers over, over certain uh, issues so when i read that i was like i I said yeah that's that is the problem what what can we ever do about it there's nothing we could do about it and then then i got educated on the amendment process that was designed by the founders into the constitution in article five there's two different methods of the process for amending the constitution everyone's familiar with the first method you know when two-thirds of both houses uh you know agree that that it's necessary they propose amendments to the constitution right what most people don't know is that article 5 also states that an application of the of the legislatures of two-thirds of the states themselves they can call a convention themselves for proposing amendments
1: so that's like it, uh, that. That was like the founders' way of uh, basically keeping in check the balance of power between the federal government and the states. Am I correct on that?
0: It is, and because that was that that was the concern of of several of the of the members of the original Constitutional Convention. Which again, let me state, that's not what this is. But there were there concerns from some of the you know anti-federalists. Uh, George Mason is is a good example. He says, "Wait a minute." It's like. We're creating a you know a better system of government here, but what if what if this government becomes tyrannical? The states and the individuals in those states they have no recourse? It's like sure, we have an amendment process, but if if all if the amendment process is completely within the control of the federal government, then the states and the individuals in the states. They have no they have no recourse. So the founders agree. you know everyone agrees. It's like you're right. and we should we should put a provision in in article Five in which the states themselves can convene a convention just to, limited to proposing amendments and and that is what the Article Five Convention of states uh, organization that's that's what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to get two-thirds of the state legislatures To pass resolutions to call for this convention to propose some amendments,
1: I I think that's very important too because it protects our republic, the integrity of the republic. You know, uh, we're a representative republic. We're not a democracy, and I I hate when I hear people throw that term around uh, and not understanding that we're a representative republic. And uh, I think this is a great fail-safe that the founders put in place to be able to protect us, especially with this 10th Amendment that is uh, giving powers back to the states and to the local populace to basically dictate how they want to live. Because somebody here in South Louisiana doesn't want to live like somebody in, in Washington, D.C. And But yet we still get that big jackboot of the federal government pushing down on the little guy, uh, no matter what state he's in, and telling him, well, this is how he has to run his life. So I, I think... Where y'all are going with this is something that needs to happen, and it's been coming for a long time, and it should have happened a long time ago. Uh, I think no matter who's in power, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, this is something that needs to happen, and it, it's got to be put in a place where we can check the federal government and the federal powers that are uh, that are actually, I'm not going to say oppressing, but basically being overbearing on the local populace uh, here at the local levels.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that's exactly right. I mean, you mentioned you, you mentioned the the Tenth Amendment, which it, you know is the amendment that spells out you know that that the states have, have plenary powers, you know, to to, to manage and and regulate um, you know whatever whatever specific and enumerated powers were not given to the federal government, so long as as they don't violate you know the Constitution itself, you know, so. That's their limit on us. But that, it's pretty much just not even relevant anymore because, again, I come back to a lot of people say, why why, are y'all trying to do this? And it's like, well, because we believe that for me, like me personally, and a lot of people that are volunteers for CLS, we see the history of the progressive movement, you know, started at the beginning of the 20th century, and, and they've been steadily chipping away. At the limitations placed on a, a centralized government, because they they despise the limitations that the Constitution and put on their ability to regulate the masses.
1: Uh, believe you know, so it or not, it really started with a Republican in Teddy Roosevelt at the turn of the century. He was a an, uh, yeah, pretty much a socialist. <laughs> so that's what he yeah, was espousing.
0: Surprisingly, yeah, surprisingly so. Yeah. Well, he was heavily influenced by uh, this guy named Crowley, and, and anybody can Google that name and Crowley and the progressive movement and or the New Republic, and you should hear that guy go on and on about how what an outdated concept, an alienable rights and the rights of the individual are, and that uh, you know the state is supreme, you know the state should have supreme power and it should be it should be managed, you know, by our, our betters folks like folks like you and me
1: sounds like the communist manifesto to me
0: yeah all this all this liberty's not good for us right
1: <laughs> yeah and it, it got worse with woodrow wilson too uh later on got a
0: lot got a lot of traction there with, with yeah with, with, with wilson yeah yeah so so how does that dovetail on this okay well they they've used things and uh well let me say this first of all cuz it'll do a better job than me just trying to to, to talk about it. But if you go to conventionstates.com, that's where uh that's where people can go and and they can check on the learn tab and kind of read the uh the history of uh how we think we got to this state where and I, and I do think people believe that I think a lot of people believe and consensus is not evidence but nevertheless that somehow we developed, you know, somehow we created a a professional political class. They concentrated all of the power and all the authority in Washington D.C., and they don't let go of it. And they have they they've abused uh, like the Commerce Clause, for instance. You know, I mean, it was originally it was supposed to just just limit the federal government to regulate commerce across state lines. You know, any goods that moved across state lines. Now. They got the courts to to give it a broader, more vague uh, definition to now, you know, the federal government can regulate how many gallons of water you have in your toilet tank. You know, just as an example, it's not, not – so it's kind of a joke example just to show you how spe- specific they feel like they can – that they can regulate our lives. So that's number one. And then And then there's – there was no limitation. There was no limitation on the terms that a congressman or a senator could serve – in the United States legislature, because honestly, I think originally the the founders never believed anybody would want to do that. Like, my, you know, who who would people want to come up here, serve, and get back to their lives, right?
1: Right, and I think it, it got a little uh, it got a little out of hand once they were able to raise uh their own pay, so that that convinced right. people to want to stay up in D.C. a lot longer.
0: Right, and we have we have lawmaking occurring in the in these uh, administrative bureaucracies uh, by way of regulation the the re- the regulatory bureaucracies that we have uh, particularly in the executive branch can can promulgate more rules and regulations that have the force of law than congress does and and in fact they do i don't think i'm saying anything people haven't heard before but it always comes back to well, what can we do about it well one thing that I'm convinced we can't is we cannot try to go through Washington, D.C. to get Washington, D.C. in check. I think that's unrealistic. I I cannot go on social media without seeing someone, for instance, as an example, post some meme about if you think it's time for term limits in Congress, click like, you know? And I'm like, that's great. That's not going to do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if everybody agrees, like, guess what? Do you ever think that the United States legislature is going to propose an amendment and, and, and pass an amendment to impose term limits on themselves. It's not going to happen.
1: But no, good news. No, they're, they're very self-serving, so I, I highly right. doubt you'll ever get that out of
0: them. <laughs> I really don't see that happening. But, but hey, guess what? Article 5 of, the, of our Constitution of the United States says that the state legislatures can do it themselves. And that's one of the subject uh, matter uh, portions uh, in the resolutions that uh, that we're trying to get passed to the states. Uh, this is probably a good time to explain it, that nice. we are not the we we the convention of is not the only Article Five movement out there either. There's there's loads of them. We think that we have the best chance for success because rather than rather than, than trying to limit it to one specific amendment. We're, we're actually going with a subject matter, so that the the, the convention states has to stay within the scope of that subject matter. And so one one issue is to limit the size and scope of the federal government. Now some people get a little excited when you say that. We're like, what does that mean? It was like we're not we're, we're not saying we're going to we're going to shrink it below the level of what the Constitution was going. We're just trying to get it back to that level.
1: Yeah, I think that that's been lost uh, throughout uh, our history. Is you can see just the federal leviathan that just keeps growing and growing and getting more outside of what the Constitution was intended for. You can't help but you look at history and you can see, especially in the uh, in the 20th century, how it vastly expanded the powers of the federal government. And they did a lot of it during uh, you know what a lot of people don't understand during wartime, and that's when the powers really started to expand of the federal government in the in the namesake of security and it's just kind of gotten it's starting to run amok and and i believe in the article five convention to be able to we got to be able to keep these people in check and i'm as you were talking about randy specifically you, you said you named one of the goals how many goals do y'all have and what are the specific goals of uh, of the convention of states
0: all right well the, the the first of all the goal is to get two-thirds of the state legislators to pass a resolution. To call for the, to call, you know, to call for the for for convention states, right? So you need you need 34 states to, you know, the Article Five says you need two third two thirds of the state legislatures submit applications to call to call this convention, and the applications they have to they have to aggregate, right? In other words, if one state legislature proposes an Article Five resolution and says for a balanced budget amendment, which I'm all in favor of, that's great. The thing is, you got to get it's so specific now you got to get thirty, thirty-two 32 other or 33 other states legislatures to pass that a resolution like that that does exactly the same thing yeah and that's that's extremely difficult so what what we did is we limited it to to subject matter and so one is limiting the power and three parts limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government which is some of the things i, I talked about earlier we want to Define specifically what the Commerce Clause is, right, so that you cannot go around regulating everything that happens in the economy. That is one example. But see, you don't have to be specific. It will be up to, to the convention to decide on how the amendment should read and what it should do, right? And, and we've had some, some success. So limiting the power of jurisdiction of the federal government, imposing real, real spending limits on the federal government. Because you could pass a ba- about I'll give you instance. You, you could pass a balanced budget amendment, right? But then they could just raise taxes to get to 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 get in line with it. You see? Correct. And going to the website gives more examples of how specific how specific amendments would accomplish these sort of broad uh, subject matter items that I'm that I'm talking about now. Right. That's why I invite. Please, if, if if you like what you're hearing, go to the website and and read all about it. And then and then finally, term limits for federal officials. So, just so I don't ramble too much, I'll reiterate: limit the the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, impose real spending limits on the federal government, and limit the terms of federal officials. And we say federal officials because some people have not only proposed limits on House members and senators, but, but also on uh, Supreme Court members. And there's a lot of historical examples of, of how that might not have been a bad idea, right? And I'm not even talking about contemporary history. I have no personal beef, you know, with, with any current sitting Supreme Court member. But, you know, there's just historical examples of, of, of people
1: that... Spend their life on the bench.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 <it's> <laughs> They, I mean, gosh, I was trying to say it in a polite way, but they kind of, they, you know, became mentally ill. You know what I mean? You, they're, they're, I just you know, this is way, this is way before any of our times. I'm not talking about anybody on the bench right
1: now. No, yeah, you know? yeah, and they, and they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't leave the bench. And how can you ask somebody? But my thing, yeah, but see, but see, my thing too is like people shouldn't,
0: they shouldn't live in fear about their. Their rights based on the on who's sitting in the Supreme Court and how how the numbers work out, right? Correct. And a lot and a lot of people like me, like you know you know I'm a I'm a gun guy, and I shouldn't have to sit there and cross my fingers every time a Second Amendment case goes to the to the Supreme Court, and hope that the vote goes my way, because then you're not living in a in a free republic, are you? you that's you're, you're in a judicial oligarchy. You got nine lawyers deciding what your rights are. Yep. yep. And uh, that's that's not that's not what what we created here, you know, with this American experiment. And that's and that's just one example. And um, but the I, real, the I think I think the thing that pe- that people they would really love to see, you know, is our, our actual real term limits on United States senators and and House members. And that being one part of the uh of the three-part subject matter that our resolution proposes that would come up for uh for discussion at the convention of states you know if, if 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 we can get all you know 34 states to call it
1: well my question to you is uh randy how do you prevent a state a specific state from hijacking basically the agenda and kind of going off and, and trying to take over this this convention of states because if I understand the agenda and having the, and having, um, uh, an agenda in place, but how do we keep everybody going in the right direction and not going off into tangents and end up making this thing not work out for what we intended to have, you know, for the effects we intended to have.
0: All right. Well, that is, uh, that's, 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 that's a, that's a, a, a three part answer to that question. So I'll start with the, with the framework of, The framework of the process itself is a check against that happening so I'll spell out in more detail if two-thirds of state legislatures submit applications for convention states and they all all of those ablic applications aggregate under the same subject matter because they have to then the convention is called and the convention and the delegates, the states select delegates to send to the convention. And those delegates have to propose amendments for vote by the, the, the convention delegation. Those amendments pa- uh, pass through the convention process through simple majority. Then the, the amendments are sent back to the state legislatures. And at that point you need a super majority of, three-fourths of the state legislatures to ratify that amendment, which means simply 13, if anybody, in the highly unlikely event, right, because number one, they have to stay within the subject matter. So you can't go off on tangents. And another way that the delegates can't go off on tangents is that we currently have 12 states that have passed the same resolution, okay? Louisiana is one of them. What we're doing now is we're working on what's called the Faithful Delegate Act. And the Faithful Delegate Act, it requires that the delegates actually stay within the subject matter of the resolution that was passed. You cannot just go up there and go off on your own, is what the Faithful Delegate Act would do. So let's say somebody manages to get past that, right? There's your, there's the that's the that's the first safeguard, and it's it's huge. That is a huge hurdle. Even if it, even if they did, and then and then somehow managed to get a simple majority of the of the delegates at, at the convention to go along with their wackadoodle plan, it still comes back to the state legislatures for ratifications. Which means thirteen states can stop it. That's it. That's all you need. 13, 13 kills it. Thirteen state legislatures kill it. Some crazy idea.
1: So if you call a uh, so doing a convention of states, say, so there's
0: layers. You understand how there's there are layers of checks,
1: right? To prevent anybody it, from it, being able to hijack this thing and, and, and turn it into right. something that it's not intended to be.
0: And the funny thing is, you know, as I've heard, I've heard the, you know, I I I spent a lot of time up at up at the state house in Baton Rouge, you know, talking to talking to our um, talking to our state legislators, and I'm gonna tell you what we got some ones I promise you. I know that's another thing I hear from people, you know, it's like, you'll never get the, you'll never get your state legislators to to go along with you because they're part of the problem. And I was like, man, I'll, I'll just say, you know, I used to think the way you did till I got up there talking to these guys and, and gals. All right? We got some, we had some patriotic Americans in our, in our state legislature and uh, I, I was proud to know them. I was proud to get to talk to them and they fought, they, 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 they fought for us. You know, they, they, they were impressed with our resolve because, we truly are a grassroots organization, you know, we're regular folks out there trying to make this happen, and we certainly could not have done it without the leadership and support that we had from, from a lot of legislators that, that we have in Louisiana State Legislature.
1: I know Louisiana signed on board. How many states are you trying to get to to get on board, and once you've got the, the adequate number of states? That means all the states must participate in that, or is it an option for them to participate in the Convention of States? No.
0: It's, uh, I mean, it's, uh, that is a, that's, a, that's an interesting question. They don't, but you're not in the game if you don't, are you? Because it's, it's happening. If 34 state legislatures submit an application, as I've already described, you know, and, and that aggregates under the same subject matter, that convention is happening. So you can choose to not go. You can choose to send no delegates. Then you won't be in, you won't be in there to, to give your input to the process.
1: My, so my the question is is how many states do you have on board right now, and how long do you 12. think it'll take to get to the magic number of thirty four? You said
0: thirty four. Yeah, there's twelve right now, and I'll say this much: it's 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 gaining a lot of momentum. Uh, when when Louisiana passed, we were we were eight and we passed during the 2016 legislative session. So just now during the the 2017 uh, legislative session these other states you know we picked up four more. And so what's happening right now is you have some pretty, some, a lot of strong organizations in the others and other states that, that have not passed yet and what we're doing is those of those of us who are in states that have passed is we're actually advising them. They're saying, look, they, they, this is some of the things that, we, that we've we done. You know, here, here's some of the strategy that we've used, and and this, these are some, some ways we think we can help you, you know, shepherd this through your state legislature.
1: Do you all have volunteers far, in all 50 states, or is it uh, just a, a certain magic number of 34 that y'all are actually working on right now?
0: You know what? As far as I know, because, yeah, obviously, man, you know, I'm down here at our level. You know, it's kind of focused on, on our region. COS breaks us up in re- our region and Louisiana in particular. Right now I'm starting to look outward. But as far as I know, yes, there is there is a, a COS. There are COS uh, volunteers in, in, in all 50 states.
1: And didn't y'all get a big one? Texas was one of the new ones that signed on. Am I correct on that?
0: That is, that is correct. I feel like they would have passed in 16, but they do, apparently they do off-year uh, sessions, they do, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? So they didn't actually didn't they didn't have a, a session to even propose it last year, so yeah. Oh, you know what? I'd also like to add that when we passed in Louisiana, it had bipartisan support.
1: That's good. That that's real good to see that because I think uh, the state legislatures can see that having power back in their hands to to govern their state instead of being dictated down from the federal government is beneficial to both parties. No matter what party you're in, no matter what political stance, and, and yeah, it's not,
0: yeah, it's not a it's not a party issue. I mean, unfortunately, I think a lot of you definitely get more Republican support than you do Democrat support. But uh, but I was happy to see that we had Democrats in Louisiana that um, that voted in favor of this resolution. I think that they see the big picture. You know, those, those Democrats, I. And this is Randy Evans. I'm not speaking for convention States. So I, I feel like a, there, a lot of Democrats thought that this was some sort of alt-right movement you know against uh, President Obama, and that's just a misperception. CLS actually started back in uh, in, in, in 2006 the, the, the mo- you know the movement kind of was getting going, and so it, it's gone through that presidency and then, and then we're pressing on now. We're, we're, we're not stopping just because Republicans have the presidency, they have the executive branch, they have the legislative branch. Right? They have the House, they have the Senate, we have the presidency. That does not mean that much to us. We're pressing on because we are playing in the long game. We are trying to restore small-R republicanism.
1: I understand that. You know, <laughs> bring back and, the republic.
0: We're, 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 we're fighting for liberty for all time, regardless of election cycles.
1: And, that, yeah. that, and that's what I love about the convention of states I mean you look at the folks that are in Washington right now You know you got a lot of Republicans out there That are just as bad as the progressive Democrats That had power back in 2008 They still want to expand the federal debt They want to expand the federal government and overreach So you've got a right. few Republicans out there You know you've got the Freedom Caucus And you've got senators like Rand Paul, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz um, Out there in the Senate that that are fighting hard And tooth and nail for Actual constitutional principles And trying to bring back the constitution And you see in it every day Right now they are actually the minority Out of the the big group of uh, All the folks that are over there So you know it's just This is another way to, to be able to check on power and and really to, to give states, especially like California, you know, uh, if they want to overregulate in their state, let them go ahead and overregulate in their state. You know, just as long as that burden is not put on the state of Louisiana or the state of Texas or Arkansas. But it, let California do what they want to do without the federal government putting their jackboot on, on California's throat. So I, I, yeah. I love the convention of states. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, I'd like to dovetail what you said and the fact that, it's really it's it's not a republican or democrat uh, issue you know it's a liberty issue it, it's a it's an issue of people who who who, who believe you know in the founding principles and native the rights of liberty you know of the primacy of the individual you know not the primacy of the state and we you know full disclosure man we we catch it we catch opposition from both sides man you can you can get information against us from the John Birch Society as well as uh, organizations that are sponsored by George Sowers. So can you imagine what that's like, buddy, to be catching it from both sides? And what's so ridiculous about the things that like Eagle Forum and the John Birch Society have to say about this process, it is all misrepresentation and red-herring arguments. One of the main things that they do is they continually call it a constitutional convention You know why they do that? They do that because it's trying to scare the crap out of people Right When in fact this is not a constitutional convention This is an amendment process Another ludicrous argument that I heard one time is How are we smarter than James Madison? <laughs> and I, "And my answer is We're not We're doing what James Madison put in the Constitution You yep. nimrod You know
1: <laughs> Our Article 5 is there for a reason you He know?
0: put it there for us man it's, you know, I'm actually taking his advice
1: It's actually, the, mag, it's actually the, the magic key to fix majority of the problems That are going on today in the United States When it comes to constitutional crises that we're having right now And the overstep and the overreach of the federal government I mean, this, right. this is something that can really help bring about liberty And restore the republic Because, uh, I mean, I hate to say it But we haven't been a true republic for, for many, 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 many years now and uh, yeah. we've, we've kind lot, of slipped into a, the it, democracy,
0: right? It's a it's it's a com- it's a common phrase that you hear from a lot of uh, you know liberty-minded conservatives. Like we're in a post-constitutional era, we're in a post. Yeah, you, know, you hear that all the time. What does that mean? And it means exactly, I think, what we've been talking about is that they've used aspects of the of, of the Constitution, like the Commerce Clause, like the General Welfare Clause, to expand way beyond the limitations. That were that were that were, that, that were placed on you know the, the federal government. And that's all we're simply trying to do. There, we, there are numerous, numerous amendments that we believe can be proposed at a convention of states that will do the three things we talk about impose real meaningful spending limits, limit the you know authority and scope of, of the federal government back to its original intent. And, and impose, impose some term limits On these uh, federal officials They're not going to do it themselves
1: You know Yeah, I agree with that And Randy, look, I want to tell you, man I appreciate you joining us today Randy uh, Evans, the legislative liaison with Louisiana Randy, if people want to volunteer People want to get involved Where do they need to go And how do they get involved with the Convention of States program?
0: It's 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 so simple, man. You just go to conventionofstates.com, conventionofstates.com. There there are links at the top to, to volunteer. There's links uh, there's links to, to to read about it more. Educate yourself. Yeah, you know, one of the state legislators that we had in Louisiana, he, he he fought very hard for us. He gave he gave brilliant testimony when this was on the Louisiana House floor for the vote. And I, I spoke with Tim offline. He says, "You know, when I first heard about this, I was skeptical, and and I, I had some reservations. But the more the more the more I I educated myself on it, the more I realized that this is this really is a solution to uh, to what to what's to what's bugging people, you know, about where where they think their federal government uh, has gotten to. And you know, he went from he went from a skeptic to a staunch supporter." And it's it's really just education. So, so go to, convention, go to uh click on the learn tabs. You can you can look at some of the uh, endorsements of the process, the Jefferson statement, a statement by Anton and Scalia, and you can even read. Uh, we we we're, we're not we're not afraid of the opposition, man. We post the we post the links for the opposition. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: like, hey, that, hey, that's good. That's good. So people can actually. Look and see, and compare and contrast, and and actually get a true vision of what's going on. There's so much misinformation out there, out in the media now. And uh, Randy, yeah. I, I tell you what, man, you guys are doing uh, some yeoman's work out there, brother.
0: Yeah, and and listen, you know, if you're in Louisiana and you're hearing this, yeah, you know, it's, it's 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 not over, man. You know, you can still get involved because we are we're we're working on a faithful delegate act, you know, and we're also trying to help out, you know, other states. You know, uh, Mississippi, in particular, you know, there's a very, this, the, the 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 grassroots organization in in Mississippi is strong. It's gaining some momentum, and we're we're doing what we can do to help to help those folks over there.
1: So people go to conventions of states uh, convention dot That's conventionofstates.com Check out what you can do in your local area. That's all the time we got today on this Libertybombs.com in defense of liberty podcast. We stand for liberty here we hope you continue to join us take care and check out conventionestates.com and also libertybombs.com and also on our website we have a link to the constitution so if you want to show somebody and read the constitution we have it on our website understand it know it knowledge is power peace out everybody